Welcome to the Issues on Appeal podcast, Holiday Edition. This is Episode 20, Podcasting Appeal. So, Jared, can you believe that this is going to be the 20th episode of my podcast? I can't believe it, Dwayne. You are an excellent podcaster, <laughs> and I'm excited to be back here again. You know, I wanted to take this opportunity to do a little bit of a, a holiday show, right? Because we're recording in December. Right. But, but really, it's a, it's a 20th. It's kind of a milestone. I wanted to talk about the podcast a little bit. People ask me a lot of questions about it, and I thought we could talk about it a little bit. And I thought, you know, people don't know this, but... Uh, you are the guy that when I need to bounce stuff off of or look at art or listen to music or whatever from the beginning, you've been the guy who has been that uh, extra opinion for me. So th- there's nobody that has any more production credit on the show <laughs> besides for me is you. So uh, nobody better than you to come talk about it. Very, very little, but thank you. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's always uh, it's interesting to me. I'm, ac- I'm glad to be here to uh, talk to you and learn about a little bit more of the podcast world and uh, – yeah, I appreciate being on the show again. Yeah, well, so let's talk about podcasting a little bit. Okay, so you got into podcasting with this show. Do you have a history of podcasting at all? You know, I have been listening to podcasts for a long time, and it's funny, I think about it. I've always liked spoken word news and entertainment and that kind of thing. So, of course, it started out with talk radio, when that was the only way you got spoken word uh, entertainment. and. I listened to talk radio for a long time, and then I discovered audiobooks. And I started listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. when they were cassette tapes, you know, and then you, you got a sleeve with 20 CDs, you know, because I've always had a decent commute. You know, I yeah. live in Clearwater and work in Tampa. So, although I try to build some time and talk to people on the phone, not everybody wants to talk to you at 7.30 in the morning or yep. at 6 o'clock at night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a lot of time to kill, so audiobooks for that and then i discovered you know podcasting and it's it's probably been at least you know seven or eight years that i've been pretty actively listening to podcasts just about any any time i'm in the car uh i'm listening to something and and it's sometimes it's music but most of the time it's it's a podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean podcasting i think is you know largely supplanted for a lot of people what talk radio used to be for so many i mean, talk radio your options these days are politics or sports um and npr does a little bit a broader swath but but still largely its day is politics and well no sports and it's so full of commercials you know radio to, to make radio work the economics of making radio work these days it's just full of commercials and and a lot of times it feels like they're low quality commercials if that makes sense not not production quality but you know sort of the lowest lowest bar <laughs> of, of advertising right and uh you know, podcasting is is not like that. So, low, fewer commercials. What else about podcasting do you think is so appealing? Ease, ease of use, ease of accessibility. Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, it's it's really lowered the bar. I mean, if you had something to say ten years ago, you had to convince a major broadcasting company to give you airtime. You know, even. You know, there was some public access radio and TV, but not very much, and nobody listened to it. Where the, the cool thing about podcasting is anybody that has something to say with a, with almost no equipment, probably equipment you already own, and a free hosting service, you can have a podcast. Now, that doesn't mean anybody will listen to it, but if you have good content and you can get it out there, uh, you can distribute it basically for free. So it, it opens up all kinds of avenues for content creators, even those that might have... A small audience, you know, you can have a show on 
your love of Dungeons and Dragons, or you can have a show on your, you know, a TV show that you like, or a band that you like, and there may only be a couple hundred people who listen to it, but you can get it out there, and other there will there will be some people who are super interested in it, and and that's that's pretty cool. It's I think podcasting is to audio what blogging is to writing. It's just it's a way to distribute content easily around the world and as long as people want it they can get it so why podcasting and not blogging you know i've have i have done some blogging too but here's the thing that you will probably relate to i'm a writer you know i write for a living i Mm -hmm. write i write all day every day and sometimes you know blogging you know, as a as a release for other thoughts and and that kind of thing. Sometimes I just don't feel like writing anymore. Right. It feels like a job. It does. You know, we're, we're producing audio content um, is just different, and and I like podcasting so much. You know, I wanted to get involved in the space, and it just seemed like a natural a natural fit. What podcast did you start out listening to? I don't want to know about right now yet. What'd you start out in it? Yeah. yeah so. I was thinking about that. You know, I think a lot of the, you start listening to a lot of the the really popular mainstream shows. I mean, I've talked to, I've listened to This American Life, mm-hmm. um, some of the, like the Joe Rogan show, um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is another NPR show, um, Due by Friday, some of those, uh, you know, sort of staple, oh, Car Talk. Car Talk was a you know a, a great show. Even even if you weren't, I am interested in cars. But even if you weren't interested in cars, Car Talk was a great. No, Car Talk. Car Talk really had universal appeal. You it had did. all sorts of people calling in just to say, "Hey, I, I I just love listening to your show. I don't have any interest in cars. I don't even own a car." Yeah, two two great hosts. You know that had a great uh, connection and and a great show for so long. And you know then it really I started listening to a lot of tech podcasts. You can imagine, you know, part of being in the podcasting space, a lot of us are into the technology aspect. So mm-hmm. uh, I do a lot of tech podcasts, a lot of Apple focused because, uh, of course, yeah, of course, you know. Um, <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm a I'm not the Apple guy in the appellate practice world. You're not. No, there has to be one of you, <laughs> there, or a couple. <laughs> I mean, a couple. I've got Matt Canigliaro with the blue with the Blackberries with me. So, oh yeah, that hardly counts. Right? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> But um, I listen to, like, the Accidental Tech Podcast. Uh, I listen to Upgrade. Uh, I listen to the talk show with John Gruber. Some of them get a little bit off the rails into programming kind of talk that goes over my head sometimes. And But it's still pretty interesting. Starting with tech podcasts, when did you get into legal, legal podcasts? You know, I think it was a, a natural extension of that as you start looking for more content and you know there are some great law podcasts um the problem is that most of them for me are focused on the supreme court you know you can you can listen to a lot of podcasts about what's going on at the US supreme court and that's great and like scotus talk and strict strict scrutiny are all they're they're both good podcasts and it's great to keep up with what the supremes are doing uh, up in washington but Beyond that, it gets a little bit tight. There's a couple, the Florida Bar is involved in some, um, like Beyond the Bench, which is a Florida Supreme Court-related podcast. The Florida Bar has a podcast. There is a big hole for legal-related content, and especially legal-related content that's somewhat localized 
you know, to Florida for us or localized to, you know, a, a non-Supreme Court appellate practice. There are a few podcasts that I listen to and, and some that I assign to my students, too, that are a little more storytelling than, uh, than some of those up-to-date things. Um, like the More Perfect podcast by Radiolab. Yes. Um, Constitutional and Presidential by The Washington Post, where they kind of go through, you know, it, it's almost a set series. It might be 20, 20 podcasts they're planning to put out, and that'll be the end of it. Um, but they try to tell a story of the history of some aspect of the law, and they do it in an interesting way with guest speakers and and sound effects in the background, and a lot of good production value. Um, and they make it really interesting. I, I find those are probably the ones I gravitate towards more. Yes. Just because, I don't know, the, the day-to-day, what's going on in current news almost gets exhausting to me. Right. When I'm listening to podcasts, it's almost always to, I want to know about something that's not going to impact me today, a more of a story about what has happened in yesteryear. No, I agree with you. I, I, I don't want to listen to anything that sounds too much like CLE either. Right, you know? right. One along that line, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but a show that I've started listening to is called Comedian of Law. It's with a attorney named Joel Oster, and he uh, he does a lot of current events and a lot of Supreme Court stuff. But he's also a comedian, so he always looks for the funny angles, you know, to a story, and so it's a little more entertaining than just uh, you know okay. a rundown of what happened at the court today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll and have to check that one out. I haven't listened to that yet. Joel has agreed to appear on the podcast uh, sometime in the next season. So we'll 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 hear from him directly, but I'll start I'll start promoting his show now. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so, I know you did a little bit of research for this show. Um, what are some of the stats on podcasting at this point? Do a lot of people use it? Yeah, you know, I, I if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're not on the cutting edge anymore. I don't think you know you're, it's oh, a little man. mainstream. Maybe this <laughs> podcast, you know. But um, I found some stats as of June of 2019, so pretty pretty recent. Yeah, um, they say that 51 percent of Americans have listened to a podcast. That's that's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, more more than half. That's huge. Yeah, about 31 percent listen on a regular basis. That's more than I would have thought. And, Me too. Me too. Yeah, and the average listener they say listens to about six different podcasts on a regular basis. So that's 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 pretty interesting. That, that's a lot of content to to digest, especially since I think most podcasts are most of the popular podcasts are on a weekly basis, at least. That's right. The yeah. the, the, the big ones that are that are frankly money producers for them too. And I think people are looking to consume content while they're running, while they're working out, while they're driving, you know, maybe while they're mm-hmm. doing household uh, chores and that kind of stuff. So, you know, no, no yeah. more books on tape while you're driving. Right. 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 So, you know, I think they, I saw somewhere that the average podcast episode is about 40 something minutes. Um, mine tend to be a little bit longer than that, but you know, 40 minutes times six shows a week, you know, that's a significant amount of contact content that people are, are bringing down. Yeah. Yeah. How do most people listen to podcasts on your show? I think I know the answer to this. So. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I, um, the stats for the host tell me very little. I know little, very little about who is listening. I, I don't know at all who is listening, but I know some of the stats, uh, I know how often it's downloaded, um, and I know how generally people listen, whether they're listening on a mobile device or on the web or on an Apple device or Android, or there's a couple who listen on a BlackBerry. Um, but 
so I, I get some rudimentary information and also I think country of origin. Okay. Uh, but, but not a lot, but definitely most people are listening on a mobile device. Okay. Uh, by far. And, and the, the, the biggest platform that they listen to is on Apple podcasts. You, you mentioned country of origin. Anybody from outside this country listening? Yeah, there are. Um, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't necessarily break it down to country. It breaks it down to you know, sort of inside and outside oh, the U.S. Okay. and maybe by region. I think it's European, you know, region. Um, I have a little bit of family over there, so it's possible that, <laughs> that that's who that is. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you do you have a particular way? You usually are, are promoting using Apple Apple Podcasts. Yeah, just because it's easy. You know, everybody who has an iPhone has Apple Podcasts, and it's a pretty good player. So I think it's a good default uh, option. I will say that if you are listening to podcasts, uh, there are other options, and there are other free options, or a lot of them are what they call freemium. Mm-hmm. So it's free to download, and you can pay a little bit to get some extra features and that right. kind of stuff. But there are some great podcast players out there. I use one called uh, Overcast. That's by a developer named Marco Arment, who um, is on the Accidental Tech podcast that I listen to. And it's a great um, it's a great app. It just it makes it easy to organize your shows and to you know play them. Um, you know, sort of sequentially in the way that you want to. And Overcast is a really cool feature called uh, Smart Speed. Okay. Where, you know, some people listen to podcasts at more than 1x speed in right. order to listen to more right. in a short amount of time. I don't like that because it changes, you know, the, the, the tone of voice and that kind of thing. But but Marco and his app, he has something called Smart Speed that essentially just reduces the dead time between any particular content so if there's if people are talking slowly or there's some delay it just kind of tightens everything up a little bit okay and and i like that and there's a cool stat in the when you download the the app and it is free uh it will tell you how many how much time you have saved because (laughs) of smart speed so i have i looked at my stats i've saved 190 hours of listening time due to smart speed over the last you know six or seven years how how many hours have you listened to to save (laughs) 190 hours i know it doesn't give that stat but it must be a lot (laughs) it must it must be a lot you are definitely an avid podcaster um, what about on Android? Is, is Google Play the, the primary? So I'll, I'll admit that when I listen to podcasts, I listen frequently. I kind of binge listen and then stop for a while and then binge listen again. Um, so the organization features are not terribly important to me. I just look like a really basic player that works and lets me find what I want to listen to at that point. Um, so Google Play Music uh, within there, you can get to podcasts, but it's a little messy if you also use that for music. You have right. to, it's a several-step process to move out of music and into podcasts, so that's a little frustrating. You, you can save them and find them, and it'll alert you when there's new episodes, but um, switching to and uh, to and fro is not so easy. Um, Google has another podcast app of its own. I think it's called Google Podcasts. That's basically just the podcast portion of Google Play Music. And Separates out that functionality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a really basic player. It's really just very much a play- – well, I, you and I have talked about this, and I think you – I can't remember what it was you were asking me when I was listening to one of your podcasts. You asked me if I could go do something. I'm like, no. Oh, I, chapter markers probably. Yeah. No, no, no chapter markers. There are no chapter markers. There, there's nothing. It's simply play, pause, stop, and that's about it. And uh, But that works for me. Um, 
that then, is I'm, another reason to have a decent podcast app because a lot of podcasts do put in chapter markers. Um, I do if there's a reason to in my show, like like uh, the oral argument show, stories from oral argument. When I had five or six people on the show, mm-hmm. I had different chapter markers. So if you just wanted to listen to CC Berman, you could or or whatever. But um, in a podcast player, will surface those those bookmarks so okay. you can kind of skip around content a little bit if you want to. And this one, at, at least at the last time I looked, it did not have anything like that. But you then know. again, most of my podcasts, I'm just I'm just um, digesting in one big lump. I'm I, you know I'm going if I'm going to listen to a podcast, I'm going to turn it on at the beginning, and if I hear something boring, I might just start skipping forward manually. Right. Um, but but that's pretty much it. And if I need to take a break, I'll pause it and then come back to it later. Yeah. Or or not come back to it later, as it were. But well, that's the be- That's another one of the beauties of podcasting. To go back to before is they, sometimes they refer to podcasting as time shifted radio. Right. It, it's a radio program, but you can listen to it whenever you want, and you can stop it, and mm-hmm. you can start it, and you can listen to it over the course of a couple of days. You know, that's one of the reasons why I've never been too hesitant about doing an hour long show because i figure if you don't want to listen to it all in one sitting you don't have to right right makes sense today's show is sponsored by commercial surety bond agency nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds if you have a client needing to stay enforcement of a judgment in florida or any other state or federal court contact commercial surety they can be reached at www.commercialsurety.com or toll free at 877 877- Eight one zero five five two five. Their contact information is always in the show notes. The next time a client needs a supersedious bond, please give CSBA a call. These folks are experts in this area. They'll guide you and your client through the process, giving you one less thing to worry about. What made you take the jump from being an avid podcast listener to becoming a podcaster yourself? You know, it's funny because in the podcasting community, uh, it's very open and podcasters are always encouraging other people to start podcasts. It's just part of the community. It's a very open, very accessible community and everybody benefits, you know, if there's more podcasts. So every time you're listening to a podcast, especially a tech podcast, they talk a lot about the mechanics of the show and how they do it and encouraging people to you know, start their own shows. And so I kept listening to that. And I've always been somebody who is interested in the technology stuff. You know, when I was in middle school, I was uh, involved in a video news uh, production at the middle school. We had sort of a pilot program very early in the country because this was like early 80s doing, you know, a video news program. And I got involved in, in video and the audio that goes with it and the editing and the, you know, the, the technical aspects of that. And that was really cool. And I've always been into computers, you know, growing up, going to high school and middle school in the, in the mid 80s was a, was a great time for, being on the cutting edge of computers, you know, I started with an Apple IIe and a uh, Radio Shack, you know, or Tandy TRS-80, and then on to the very first PCs and Macs, and, you know, so it was a great mm-hmm. time to be interested in technology. So right. I've always had that interest. Uh, I've, al- I've been the guy who always had a video camera, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even back when we were recording on the videotapes. So the technology has always interested me. I can't remember exactly what I was listening to, uh, but somebody was like, you know, uh, 
one of the podcasters I was listening to was saying, well, just, just try it. You know, put an episode out there, see what happens. And I was like, well, I could do that. You know, what, what's the harm, right? Right. <laughs> right. You could delete it. And sure, nothing on the Internet is forever, right? No, of course no, not. Of course not. Well, but that's the beauty of it. It's not like it's live radio, right? So you can produce a podcast, decide whether you like it or not, and then decide to publish it. You know, right. Nobody ever has to hear it. True. <laughs> There's also a benefit of being audio. It's not. That's like, right. It's not something that can be copied, pasted, and sent around quite so easily. easily. That's right. Um, so those of you who don't know Dwayne, he is a man of many, many talents and interests, um, far beyond just the appellate world. So what made you gravitate towards doing an appellate podcast versus any of those other interests? Well, you know, I, I debated a few things because obviously, you know, if you're making a podcast, you want people to listen to it. And so if you have a general interest podcast that potentially anybody might listen to, you have a much bigger audience. But ultimately, I decided you kind of have to go with what you know. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like the one of the things that I am most expert at in my life and 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 interested in and and love talking about is appellate stuff and i knew by doing that that i was limiting the audience uh right significantly there's only so many of us who are interested in this (laughs) right right you know there's i i forget what the count is i should know because i'm on the board certification committee but there's like less than 200 board certified around 200 right yeah appellate lawyers in florida so you know that's like my target audience, right? Is is people who are geeky enough about appellate practice to be board certified, or uh, or are thinking about it, or want to do it, or consider themselves, you know, an appellate lawyer. So, but I thought, you know, this is what I know. Uh, this is what I like to talk about. This is what my friends know. Right, so I know most of the great appellate lawyers in Florida are people that I know. I could pick up the phone and call. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, here's my, here's both my audience and my <laughs> uh, list of potential guests. <laughs> so random aside, why the title? I like the title. I love the title actually. You know, it's funny. Titles is one of those things that I've always um, probably obsessed over too much. Uh, maybe not too much, but. I'm always willing to spend enough time to come up with a title because I figure, you know, that's what grabs you. And so I wanted to come up with something that was a catchphrase that is known to appellate lawyers that will people will immediately sort of say, oh, you know, I have an idea what this is about. And so, you know, a lot of people have a, not me necessarily, but a lot of people have a segment <laughs> in their brief titled Issues on Appeal, right? And I thought, well, this is this is a a term of art, you know, in our practice. Yeah. It's also very descriptive, but also not too limiting. Like, you True. know, issues on appeal or issues relating to appeal, that's a pretty broad topic. So right. it, it felt like the right uh it felt like the right way to go. A little little bit of a double meaning. And also I, I thought about naming the show like something about Florida appellate issues or something, because I knew that the tar- that the initial focus would be Florida but then I decided, well, let's not limit ourselves, right? So I, right. I kept that out of the title, and I put a small state of Florida in my logo that could be removed later if <laughs> things went really well. <laughs> well, I think most of your topics have been generally a very for a very broad application. I mean, there's some Florida focus to it, but um, they're applicable anywhere. 
I think so. And, you know, I have some ish, some episodes coming up that are going to be a little bit more broad focused. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But again, it's kind of like do what you know, right? And what I know is Florida stuff. I'm not an expert on the Supreme Court and that sort of thing. Well, a little bit more now, right? Well, right. I've I've been there at least. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the tech stuff. I'm sitting in front of a lovely microphone that is seems to be taking out most of the background noise from around here. You were sitting in front of one as well. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen pictures of a... Well, we'll make sure we post one from this one, but... Um, yeah, this is the mic. I have put it... I have posted it to the Facebook and the Twitter a couple of times. We're talking into roadie pod mics, which are specially uh, designed, you know, podcasting mics. Um, and, and none of this is required. Look, you can do a show with... Uh, your iPhone mm-hmm. and uh, ear pods. It doesn't take a lot of equipment to do a decent podcast as long as you have a good recording environment, you know, a quiet environment and that kind of thing. But you can geek out on the equipment. And, right. And for me, that's part of the fun. So right. sometimes I record in person and sometimes I record over the internet. And ideally, as a listener, you don't know the difference. Right. Uh, I don't make a big deal about whether we are or aren't together. Um, so when we're together, like you and I are, I record on a digital recorder. It's just it's like the size of a, you know, twice the size of an iPhone, maybe. Yeah, I was surprised how small this is, given how much it's hooked up to. Yeah, yeah, because it's it, it, it's it it's, re- it's really like to describe it for the audience. It's really like an inch thick and about the size, you know, the footprint of an iPhone and an inch thick. But it has two giant ports for the microphones and then for the, you know, like studio mic kind of cables. Um, another another line going to, I don't even know what that's going to. Oh, that's going to the headphones. Right. Um, and it's just, it's taking down all this and allowing you to mix everything later, right? Yeah. So the, the nice thing about the Zoom recorder, and this is an H5 for people that care, but it has what they call XLR inputs. So like you were saying, studio quality mics uh, have XLR cables, which are old technology and are very big and bulky and whatever, but they work great. Mm-hmm. And most professional quality mics uh, connect that way. You don't need to do that. Like if you want to talk, like when, I, when we record over the internet, um, I use a uh, USB mic that plugs into my laptop computer um i happen to have one that does both it does xlr or usb but a lot of times when i'm recording with a guest they have just uh what works best is like a usb headset so that they can hear what's going on without an echo and have a mic but i have some software that i use that i can send guests a link that they can click on and it's uh an audio recording only there's no video but we're sort of together in one chat room but the audio software records on separate tracks okay so that you have a track and i have a track and what's what's cool about that it's what they call a a double ender so it's actually being recorded on both ends so you're sitting in your office in you know tallahassee and your voice is actually being recorded on your computer without going over the internet my voice is being recorded on my end so you don't have to worry about blips and interruptions in the internet connection the the bandwidth isn't an issue you know and that sort of thing there's no interference if you will or degradation of the sound quality so then it records on each side and at the end of it both computers well the other computer maybe uploads to yours or yeah it uploads the audio file to a dropbox uh, where i can download it and then when i edit the show 
Um, I just put those two together. The software allows you to line the tracks up, and uh, then we hear both sides of the conversation just like it was recorded together. Okay. What kind of software do you use to hook everything up together? You know, right now I'm using GarageBand, which is just a it's free software that comes on any Mac, and it's but it's a multi-track digital audio workstation is the term that they use. So it allows me to layer musical tracks and that sort of thing. So like, you know, on this show, there'll be an intro track of music and then another track where I voice over top of it. And then you and I are on two separate tracks the way we're recording on the Zoom and that will be put together. And then, uh, you know, same thing at the end. So having multiple layers, it's kind of like in Photoshop, you know, you can have multiple layers of graphics, uh, but you don't see it in the end product. Audio is the same way. The the, the the layers sort of stack on top of each other. and But GarageBand is a free free software. There's plenty of YouTube videos to figure out how to use it. It's fairly intuitive. And so f- for now, that's what I'm using. So that's only for Mac? GarageBand is only for Mac. Have you tried any others that might be available for Windows users? There, there are um, Windows equivalents. There are free uh, Windows products uh, that also do sort of the same thing. Or you can get into the higher-end stuff like uh, Adobe Audition right? You know, and software like that that is uh, not free. <laughs> <laughs> Very much not so. No. Well, I understand that you have hit a pretty big milestone in the past couple days. You want to share that news with everybody? Yeah, so we hit 5,000 downloads. Uh, Insert audio effect of celebrating and sharing here. <laughs> Yeah, no, 5,000 downloads. I think that, that that feels like a pretty nice milestone. This, no, that's fantastic. When this publishes, this will be the, the 20th episode with any content. There was an episode zero that was just sort of a uh, a trailer, right? right. <laughs> if you will. And, and there's a technical reason for that, too, by the way, because you need to have a episode or an episode to <laughs> get your um, your host set up and to get registered with uh, Apple Podcasts with their index, and that takes some time. So if you really want to launch a show, a lot of times people will have a show that has no real content just so they can get in that approval process okay. you know, and get hosted so that then you, when you're ready to launch your first substantive episode, you can do so when you're ready. You right. know? So, so we've had 20 substantive episodes. Um, it's about 18 hours of content. Wow. So all the shows are, you know, close to uh, an hour in length. I think that we are going to take a season break at this point. Okay. Um, Apple Podcasts and the hosts do allow you to do seasons. I think I'm going to take advantage of that. It's been it's been very difficult to book guests in December. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going to take a little break for the holidays and come back with uh, episode 21 in January. Okay. Can I go back and ask you a technical question? Yeah. Just came up to came to mind. So you said you had to register with the host with Apple. Do you have to register with each of these podcast organizations or that like? So Google, do you have to do something with Google to get it on there and Spotify and Pandora and whoever else? Yeah, you do. 
um, it's sort of a two-step process. One is you have to have a host, right, who is hosting your show that actually that you upload the episodes to, and they serve as the vehicle for people to download, usually through what they call an RSS feed, but that's more technical than we need to get. And kind of old school, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the important thing about podcasting, is podcasting is an open uh, format. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody really controls podcasting, because you anybody can post a podcast with an RSS feed, you know, with their own website, um, and it's available. So there's no, you know, sort of master content uh, editor or, you know, uh, controlling what's out there. Right. But, uh, so you register with a host, you know, you get this feed. Um, there are a lot of free hosts out there. You can actually host for free. I host with a little bit more premium um, host called Fireside.fm just mm-hmm. because I like their um, what they offer. They offer a website and you know great statistics and a lot of stuff all together. But so you you get your your show up and then you get it uh, registered with uh, usually first with Apple because they're the biggest right you know content indexer. But then, yeah, everybody else, you do have to submit your show to, uh, to Google, to Stitcher, to um, iHeartRadio, uh, you know, to Spotify. Uh, you do, there's sort of a checklist of places, and you just kind of work your way through, and it takes a couple days for it to get approved, but ultimately, you know, I haven't had any problem getting my show listed on any of those services, okay. and, and it's available everywhere. Is that a one-time process once you it sign is. up? So once, I, once per show, you know, per well, once for per podcast, not per episode of right. podcast. Okay, that's right. What is your most popular episode? Well, funny you should ask. Oh yeah, funny I should ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, episode four, which is. Uh, the discussion that you and I had about the uh, my trip to the U.S. Supreme Court, and and I think that it's no secret why that's the most popular. I mean, that has a little bit more broad ranging appeal uh, to lawyers and non lawyers alike. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of interested in what is it like, you know, to go to the Supreme Court. So that's um, that's well over six hundred downloads now, wow. which is you know that that's a lot. That's not uh, too shabby. Show. That's right. Um, the next closest is uh, stories from oral argument, which has been super popular too. Um, I'm sure in large part because there are multiple guests on that show, and right. so people want to hear, you know, uh, some or all of them, and so those shows get a lot of downloads too. After your break, what is your plan for next season? Have you started working on that? Yeah, I do. Um, I've got. I'm going to stick with the current schedule of doing a show every two weeks as best I can. Do you, do you find that tiring? That, that's a lot of concept for somebody who has a full-time job and a part-time job. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, it's ambitious. You know, I wind up spending uh, a couple hours uh, recording the show and then a couple hours on a Saturday usually editing the show. Um the editing isn't at too bad because I can do it at home on my couch while we're watching TV and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a little ambitious. But I felt like once a month wasn't enough, um, and once a week is way too much. 
and once every three weeks would just be weird. Right. <laughs> so, so It'd for be the time being, yeah, for the time being, I'm going to try and stick with. I've been pretty regular on that schedule. Um, I am set for a th- four week jury trial in March. So I don't know exactly how that will work. Right. <laughs> that may be another hiatus. <laughs> or, a, or a live from yeah. Circuit Court of wherever. Yeah. But, yeah, I have a lot of stuff um, in the works. I've got some new ideas. I've got some interesting topics, I think, that are a little more, I don't want to say out there, but certainly not overdone. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a live show, uh, first live show, for uh, February 6th. Uh, now, when I say live, I mean recorded live in front of a live audience uh, at the Appellate Practice Section's Executive Committee meeting in Orlando. If you're at that meeting, um, stick around after the EC meeting, and we're going to record an episode live. And I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but I think that the current officers uh, of the APS are going to be guests on the show. I'm not totally sure that they all know that yet. So <laughs> they'll find out. Maybe they're finding out now. Um, I've got a couple. That, that will be an interesting challenge because I plan to have like four people on mic at the same time. Okay. You know, I'm, and uh, I'll have to figure out how to, to manage that and hope it's not a disaster. But again, the good news is even if it is a disaster, I never have to release it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple panel discussions planned. Um, I, I don't want to say too much because uh, I, you know, I think there's some value in you know leave people wanting more, right? Absolutely. But, but I do think that there are a lot of you know some content is going to be more of the same kind of thing, but some is going to be different. I'm going to try and push some envelopes on some some different topics. You and I spoke a while ago about an idea for another podcast. What do you think? Is, is that something you want to do, try to branch into two, or you're bouncing it, bouncing it around a little bit? You know, I would like to. I would like to do something that has more general interest, um, maybe to lawyers generally, um, and not just appellate lawyers. Because once you're doing this, you know, we get some inherent joy out of you know downloads i mean if you're going to do this and you're going to put the work you want to see as many downloads as you can get i'm really happy with what what this show has generated for what it is but there is some appeal to doing a more wide-ranging show right now i just don't have the time yeah you know? i mean that, that that's really the issue is um if this show wound down to its natural end then i would might do something else right with a broader audience but I have some ideas. I even have some artwork and some music, but I just don't have the time. Understood completely. Do you think there's room for more podcasts? I think you do. I totally do. Yeah. I think that there, like I said, I I think that there is kind of a hole in in the legal field. Uh, I think that there is not the breadth of content for as many lawyers as we have, (laughs) not only in the country, but just in Florida. You know, I think there is plenty of opportunity to talk about things that aren't covered Mm -hmm. you know uh, we could start with very substantive topics but then there's a whole lot of tangential topics you know i've uh somebody i heard somebody sort of talking about an idea of you know uh, white work-life balance and how do lawyers deal with that i think that would be a great topic or you know just a podcast on what other things do lawyers do besides lawyering right you know i think there is a lot of potential for 
not only legal substantive, but stuff that's just related to the law and to living the lawyer life that would be interesting that I would listen to. I think right. a lot of people would. Do you have any words of wisdom for somebody who's thinking about starting a podcast? You know, I would. there are a lot of resources out there, uh, and I am, would be happy to talk to anybody who is interested because, you know, again, it's, it's part of sort of the podcaster's code of giving back, you know, that we, we, we try to encourage other people to, to take the leap. So I'd be happy to talk to anybody that, and, and point them in the right direction and give them some, some, some advice. And there's a lot of advice out there, and, and part of my advice will be pointing you in the right direction of you know, people who really know what they're doing. But right. it's, it's not hard to start. It doesn't require a whole lot of money or a whole lot of expense. It, but content is king. You, know? mm-hmm. you have to have a good idea. Mm-hmm. You have to have good content, and then the rest of it falls into place. Well, a lot of us reap the benefits of all your hard work here. Is there any way that we can, we can help you and support the show? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, subscribe to the show is great. You know, listening to the show, downloading the show. If you could put the show on automatic download so that you download it every time oh. it comes out, that would be great, right? I'll need to figure out if I can do that on, uh, on Google. Because interesting, one of the things is, like, I have no, I, no way of knowing how many people are subscribed to the show. You know, that, in other words, that they get notice of, of the shows when they come out. I only know how many people download the show. So subscription numbers are you know, subscribing is great only to the extent that it enables downloads, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Regular downloads. Um, you know, the other thing is just helping other people to find the show. Um, I know there are still people in our key demographic, people that you and I know that uh, only just recently heard about the show. Right. And so I'm sure there's other people that don't know about the show. So if, especially people who aren't are active on social media and that kind of thing. Um, so I would just say, if you know somebody who's an appellate lawyer or wants to be an appellate lawyer or thinks they're an appellate lawyer, you know, just <laughs> mention the show to them. Say, hey, I'm listening to the show. You should try it. Because would, it would be a shame if I'm not reaching you know, people that would like to hear the show. Right. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that say, well, that's not of interest. That's great. But it, it, it pains me to think that there are people who would listen and want to listen but just don't know about it yet. Right. Right, you have a limited audience, but those who are in that audience, the show could potentially be really helpful or interesting to them. Yeah, and you can also do a review on iTunes. Honestly, that's not, it doesn't hurt, but I'm not going, my show is not going to get surfaced in iTunes recommendations, you know, based upon the size. So it it doesn't hurt somebody who's interested in the show. If they see it and it's five stars, maybe they're more likely to, to download it and listen to it. But that's not a huge a huge thing for me it's it's a lot of word of mouth and right most of your audience is people that is that have heard about the show by talking to people like me or or, or other friends or colleagues and have gone to look for it yeah and it gets spread through social media not only through people who follow me but then you know i have somebody on the show who is has a lot of social media followers and then they they post that they were on the show, mm-hmm. right? And that, that helps grow that way. The, the guests are a big factor in, in helping grow the show. And another thing you can do is you can use my sponsor, <laughs> Commercial Surety Bond Agency. Um, you know, CSBA, um, it was really 
thrilled to get a sponsor for the show because it sort of validates what you're doing right. when someone is willing to pay you to advertise on your show. Um, CSBA is a great, you know, they 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 are they write super CDS bonds, which uh, is I have the perfect audience for them. Right. I have appellate right. lawyers who have clients who are in need for super CDS bonds, and they are, uh, uh, you know, a great company with great people. And I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. And so, to the extent that uh, you could use CSBA and tell them that you heard about them here, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and Dwayne, re- remind me, we met them. We met CSBA when they were sponsoring an appellate practice action event. You and I were co-chairing, didn't they? That's right. That was um, Arturo. Right. And, Arturo, uh, Arturo Ayala. And then a couple years ago, Dwayne and I um, were co-chairing the uh, Practicing Before the Second DCA, and CSBA um, sponsored that event, and um, we've kept up a little bit of a relationship with them ever since. You know, CSBA, in addition to, you know, they, they sponsored a few things for the appellate practice section. Now they are like the the global or the premium sponsor for the appellate practice section. They're sponsoring everything that the section is doing this year. Uh, so they have been really supportive of the uh, appellate practice section and this show and are just great people. Dan Huckabay is, is a great guy. Um, he is actually uh, a guest on one of my episodes, uh, episode nine, where we talk in detail about supersedious bonds. So I, I know that that's not one of my more popular shows um, because I think people think supersedious bonds are not interesting or exciting. But I think if you give the show a listen, there's actually a lot of interesting stuff about how the business works. You get to know Dan a little bit and get to appreciate uh, what a great company CSBA is. So I'm very thankful right. uh, for their support. Well, Dwayne, I think that's. Uh, I think we've kind of covered everything. Yeah, I think we have. I think um, it was good to get to talk a little bit about you know sort of the the past, present, and future of the show. I think this will answer a lot of questions that people have about you know just sort of the background stuff that we don't get a chance to talk to uh, or talk about a lot. And I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm I'm glad you could spend the morning with me here on this this holiday uh episode episode 20 of the uh podcast well i'm i'm always glad to be a a tiny part of this podcast and kind of live vicariously through you without having any of the uh obligations or pressures (laughs) of actually running this so thanks again Dwayne. all right thanks jared my thanks to jared krukar for helping me out with the podcast once again Remember, podcasts are never legal advice, and nothing that I say or my guests say should be interpreted as legal advice for any particular situation. That being said, if you're a lawyer who needs the help of an appellate lawyer, I'm happy to try and help you. You can contact me at Issues on Appeal on Twitter or at my professional email, ddaiker at shoemaker.com. My contact information is always in the show notes, which are available in your podcast player or on our website, issuesonappeal.com. And please consider using our sponsor, Commercial Surety Bond Agency, for your client's appellate bond needs. Their contact information is in the show notes. Please take a moment now, add it to your contacts so that you're ready when your client needs a supersedious bond. As I mentioned, episode 21 will come out in January. After a short break, we'll get back in the bi-weekly schedule. I want to take this opportunity to wish you a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. I'll talk to you again in 2020. And as always, thank you for considering this week's Issues on Appeal.